0: Welcome to Midpoint, OCC's midweek podcast aimed at helping you connect with last week's message and prepare you for next week's sermon. Let's dive in. Hello and welcome to Midpoint, your midweek connection to Orchard's Community Church. Last weekend, Pastor Andrew talked with us through Acts 4, 1 through 22, where the apostles Peter and John are taken to trial for healing the lame man, and Peter gives this bold profession of the risen Christ as Lord. So you titled this uh, sermon Boldness in Christ, and you were just talking about how we need to be open and honest and that we belong to Jesus, that mm-hmm. we need to to let the world know who we belong to, what that would look like if, yeah. we, if we actually lived that out. So wh- why do you think it's so difficult to be bold for Christ? You know, wh- why do you think we struggle with that? Because really the, the gospel is this great news mm-hmm. that, you know, we'd have no problem telling people if we won the lottery or if yeah. we did you know, we got a brand new car or whatever, like that kind of good mm-hmm. news. Yet the greatest news is just kind of hard to to share. So why do you think it is that, that it's hard for us to just be bold? I think it's scary.
1: I think there, I think the community, I think the world sets the standard on you know, what are the things you don't want to talk about, right? Politics and, and mm-hmm. religion. And so I think there's that automatic perception related to anything re- with religion. And so believers now have this, kind of hang up that if they want to talk about it, you're either gonna get pushback. You're gonna people like, hey, I don't want to talk about that. Stop. Mm-hmm. I don't want to talk about that. You know, I have my own beliefs or it's gonna turn into this debate and now you've, you know, created tension. Mm-hmm. I think so often it's bold, it's it's hard to be bold for Christ because it's vulnerable. It requires us to be willing to share and be open and honest about what is happening in our life. And often that means that we now need to share about struggles and we need to share about good times and bad times, and mm. those are things that we don't always want others to be aware of, or we want only certain people to be aware of. And so I think it's scary. I think it's very vulnerable. I think it requires us to be willing to interact on a level with people that either we know or don't know that is yeah. not typically... Something that happens around the world or the non-Christian culture, is my thoughts.
0: Yeah. I, I think it's funny. I, I was writing this down. You, you mentioned you know th- this debating yeah. and just the thought of well, if, if I do get into a debate, well, now I have to know everything. Like, I have to have the answer to all of those questions. Agreed. And yeah. people might look at you know myself or you or James or Forrest or whoever, like pastors, yeah. like, man, if I if I knew as, as much as they know, which if you knew how much we knew, you guys would laugh, <laughs> because we don't know it all. But I think there's that thought of yeah. I have to know it all. I have to have every answer. In order to share the gospel. And so since I don't have all the answers, mm-hmm. since I can't debate, yeah. then therefore I, I just probably shouldn't say anything. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and so you mentioned there's that struggle there, but then yeah. there's this also... Do you, do you think people just want to avoid conflict? Like it's just... Oh,
1: absolutely. Absolutely. I think, I think conflict is one of those things that people would much rather just sweep under the rug,
0: mm-hmm.
1: much rather just to say, you know, I'm not gonna deal with this conflict now because I'd rather preserve what little friendship we have or what little relationship we yeah. have. I'd rather preserve those things. Or someone, um, you know, both on, you and I have, have talked about the different hurts that we have in the yeah. past with with relationships within and outside of church, and it's at times it feels like it would just be much easier to not rock the boat. Yeah. And I think so often with when talking to the world, those who are not believers there's already a boat there that we probably prefer not to rock. And so why am I going to risk rocking the boat and now being ostracized or now being looked at as the weird one? I talked about, you know, time in Chicago being the weird one up and down the train now sharing with the weird, you know, you know, and so like it becomes that, right. It becomes yeah. the stigma now. And I think that's hard. I think yeah. It's hard to
0: cross that stigma. Yeah. Yeah. Rocking the boat. I like that, that idea of just like, no, I don't want to, you know, I want to be sensitive to that. Agreed. But really thinking about, you know why? What we're sharing, mm-hmm. like it's really the the greatest message of love for somebody. You know, I, yeah. I, I always talk about the the analogy of if somebody was playing in the middle of a street, mm-hmm. and, or in the middle of a highway, yeah, um, or I can say freeway because you we know what freeways we know are what freeways are, yeah. are right? <laughs> we know what that is. <laughs> um, but I think with um, with with looking at at you know if somebody were playing in the middle of a freeway, mm-hmm. we wouldn't just walk up to them and go, hey. Just want you to know it's, you know, hey, I, I love you. There's here, four here's... lanes
1: of traffic here. You know, maybe not a good idea. Yeah, yeah.
0: there and if we saw some yeah. 18-wheeler or semi-truck yeah. just barreling towards them, mm-hmm. it would be a much more urgent message. Agreed. Yeah. And that message, as as much as, as people might look at that as, as, that, as conflict mm-hmm. of like, no, I, I want to play here. This is where I am. This is where I'm living my life. But that message is really coming from a, a message of, of love mm. and compassion for that person yeah. to go, I see what's coming. Agreed. You know, I've been saved because I'm I now know not to play in the highway. Yeah. And I want you to also know that truth, Agreed. that there's there's a better way to live in yeah. Christ. And so as we're seeing that semi truck of death and eternal mm. separation from God, it's really out of love that we should share the gospel message. Amen. And so I, I think in, in avoiding conflict, we're also avoiding loving people, which mm. is what I think as Christians, it's like, no, it, it's easier to love people by avoiding conflict and not saying anything and just, just being your friend and telling yeah. you I go to church and then hoping mm-hmm. the Holy Spirit will convict you, which the Holy Spirit can. Amen. But it's it's like, no, I want you to know this, and mm. I need to be bold to love you. Mm-hmm. you know. And it's just kind of weird. It, it, I don't know. It seems like, a, like an odd paradox of I'm yeah. loving somebody by being bold and... and Introducing conflict potentially, yeah, yeah. yeah. But that is the greatest form of love is to share that message.
1: It's a it's a powerful you know dichotomy for sure. That's a, that we have to as believers wrestle with that dichotomy and be willing to cross the line and like you said, go into that conflict with a loving heart, not one that you just want to blow up their life and now yeah. you know you of have course. actually made it worse for them to possibly know Jesus. Mm-hmm. But creating conflict, that tension there that is a good, positive tension, now they're wanting to know more because they've realized that the 18 wheel is barreling towards them, for sure. Yeah,
0: absolutely. Um, All right, so you preached on, was it 23? 22. 22 verses. verses. Um, It's it's a lengthy passage, and you could have taken it several different ways, but you ended up, uh, at one point, tying Peter and John's refusal to obey the courts and (laughs) and deny... their convictions to Romans thirteen, mm-hmm. and so why did you want to do that? Why, why did that is why is that where you took the message?
1: I think that's I think that's a really valid point. As I was kind of processing through the message, and and especially as I read the passage for the first time, I was really struggling with a lot of different passages, mm-hmm. and I think I wrapped you into that a little bit. Sat down with James, and I had like originally I, I was even wrestling with where to go with this because Acts drops you there, but I'm like, okay, where do I go next? Because there's mm-hmm. so many passages you can wrap in. There's so many ideas here. Yeah. Where do I go? And I really just kind of thought of this idea that I love the statement in verse 20 of we cannot but speak of what we've seen in her. We cannot but speak of Jesus. And I just zeroed in on that. So that's what kind of drove me from day one of this preparation is Mm -hmm. this idea of we cannot but speak of him. Yeah. So looking at that, then that kind of brought to this question of, well, what does that mean we cannot but speak of Him? And then mm-hmm. there's the forcing of them telling, you will not speak of this name, you will not speak in this name any longer. Gotcha. And there's this tension created there, you see very much. And I, I immediately went to the idea of, of, where are we in that process? Mm-hmm. Where are we in that process? And you know, I, I don't want this to get political by any sense, but it immediately kind of took me to early COVID. Mm-hmm. And that tension created in early COVID, You know, I was in California at the time, and California's crazy. Um, and so the tension created there, and the church is being shut down, and the forcing of the government, and and you know we don't need to get into whether or not how churches handled that, but it took me to that place of, where are we as the church? Where are we as believers? Yeah. How do we interact with the authorities placed over us mm-hmm. at the time and place? Where do we interact with that, and how do we still hold fast to Christ, yeah. even when authority is saying something different? Yeah. And so I, I really kind of came to this part of the message realizing that if I didn't touch on that, I felt like I was doing a disservice to the passage. Gotcha. I felt like I was even just glancing over something, such a burning question that's been burning for a couple of years now, right? And, you know, also think of, of something I've had to adjust to here in Idaho is this is something that, that Idaho wrestles with, this idea of the government and where are we yeah. involved in, and that's been something I've had to kind of wrestle with. And so it really brought me to this point of like, how do I shepherd the congregation? Well, how do I shepherd them, with many of them wrestling with this subject, mm-hmm. how do I speak into that? And yeah. so I really felt like if I didn't go there, I was doing a disservice. And so yeah. I, God kind of took me there and dropped me there, and that's a tough
0: one, yeah. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, to address that tension of... Yeah. You know, you're not supposed to do this because, you know, the authorities that be are telling you not to do something, yet you have convictions in Christ. And so, how do you balance the two well to honor God and honor the emperor or whoever? Yeah. yeah. And, and yeah. Okay. Yeah. That's cool.
1: It just dropped me there. And I I remember I hit a point as I was prepping this and I got to that verse because I really handled this passage with working through every single verse. I, Mm -hmm. I didn't feel like there was like three main points, I didn't feel like I needed to work through every verse. Yeah. So, I hit this verse and I'm like, Oh my goodness! There's the question. Yeah, how do I answer it? How do I answer it so they can connect with it? I can't glance over it. What do I do? And that's where kind of dropped yeah. me into the Romans passage.
0: Yeah, that's it's cool. It was something yeah. that I didn't see, mm. and so when you went there, I was like, Oh wow! I didn't yeah. I didn't see that connection before. You know, you introduced mm. it, so I thought that was pretty cool, cool that you that you brought that in. Yeah, for sure. Um, all right. So if if I'm assuming, I know mm. the answer just based on your previous answer. Yeah, of course. Uh, but what's the one thing that you'd want people to take away from your message? Like, if there is. If you needed to boil it down to like yeah. one bullet point, yeah, what was what do you want them to know?
1: It's that idea that we cannot but speak of what we've seen and heard. And I think that, as I said, it drove my entire preparation. Mm-hmm. You know from the moment I started reading this passage and was handed the passage, it drove my preparation. It kind of drove me of like, do I do I do that? Can I not but speak of what we've seen and heard? Mm-hmm. Can I is that how I operate in life? And so I think that really. If you listen to the message, you're listening to this now and are going to listen to the message, I think that's the one thing I want to walk away with is the idea of do you live your life in such a way that Jesus comes flowing out? Is it yeah. literally like you cannot stop speaking of Jesus? Like it, almost my brain went to this word image of like trying to force and shut my mouth and cover my mouth and be like, I'm yeah. not going to let Jesus get out. Yeah. And literally being impossible to yeah. stop my mouth from speaking of Jesus. And so I think that's really what I want the congregation to understand.
0: Yeah. it's. It, I mean, uh, just in, in hearing you explain that, I I went to um, like when you're um, like a, a teenager, yeah, yeah. you know, in high school, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. you have like this, your first girlfriend, and you yeah. have this crush, and this yeah. girl likes you, and... Um, and you're so just like I'm gonna tell everybody. Like I'm so excited. Everyone's gonna know. Yeah, I'm just gonna post it on my social media. Yeah. I'm gonna tell my parents, my best friends. Was and that like... was that MySpace for you? Yeah, or were it you was. early <laughs> early
1: Facebook. Where were you at in the process? Uh, Let's be real where, here.
0: Where was I? Uh, Late MySpace, early Facebook. Uh, it was like early MySpace. Oh, I, I didn't wow. have. Yeah, social media wasn't out. Okay. Um, I, think, I think it was MySpace. I think okay. that was the thing. Okay. Um, you know, your top eight. I think it was your eight <laughs> friends. I came um, in right as
1: MySpace was dying. I okay. came in early, early Facebook. Yeah. Okay. No, so.
0: Facebook was college for me. Okay. Got it, it was. Yeah. I'm a, I'm a little bit older. Thanks for bringing that. Yeah. No problem. For being yeah. Out. Just I wanted to, wanted to highlight that for you. <laughs> yeah. You're really not that much older, but <laughs> still, not. I needed to highlight that just yeah. just to get you a little Thank bit there, you. buddy. Appreciate no problem. Him. Yeah. Of course. But anyway, going back to anyway, you know, that's you know, good, the ancient yeah. days when things were in black and white for me. <laughs> um, but it's that idea of of like I am so like infatuated, mm. and I mean with with Jesus, it's not an infatuation; it's love. So there's you know the. The metaphor breaks down a little bit there, but yeah. it's it's that I think we can all remember that that school, mm. schoolboy or schoolgirl crush yeah, yeah. that we had that we're like, I can't help but tell everybody mm. I meet. You know, it's it's like that uh in elf um, when he's like I'm in love and I'm in love and I don't care who knows it. Like, That's that, such a good line. That feeling yeah. of I need to I need to tell somebody. I yeah. can't help but but mm. speak of mm. the joy that I have in in Jesus. Yeah. So, and that's I, what I was thinking
1: you're talking about the girlfriend idea. I remember like early high school, the first girl that I ever you know talked with or held hands with. Oh my yeah. gosh. Yeah. Right. Anyway, being like I want to walk around school holding her hands so yeah. everyone knows that yeah. we are we're talking. Yeah. Like, and that idea of like that should be how we handle our relationship with Christ. That mm-hmm. I literally want everyone to know, and I cannot cover my mouth and force it to stay inside because I cannot but speak yeah. of this. Yeah, And then I made the joke in the sermon of like, you don't have to plaster your clothing or plaster your car. And, yeah. Like... Yeah, those are great things. And if that's what you choose to do, that's awesome. But I think it's more than just plastering your clothing or plastering your car. It yeah. becomes your lifestyle. It becomes what comes out of your mouth, your life, your, vo- you know, everything.
0: Yeah, because you can easily look the part. Uh, amen, yeah. But you were talking about living the part. And I Agreed. think that's two different things. Of, Agreed. Of, you know, you can put it on your car and think, okay, I'm good. Yeah. Or you could put it on your car and be like, "No, I want everybody to know." It. And if anybody mentions anything, I'm gonna, okay. I'm gonna talk about Jesus. Yeah. So, I mean, it can go either way. But of course, but I think you were talking more of the, the inward change yeah. and yeah. The... Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, was there something that that struck you as interesting or powerful, mm-hmm. um, but you didn't just get a, a chance to touch upon it for time yeah. or whatever reason?
1: I'm I'm pretty big um, history, Old Testament history guy. I mean, that's been something that I really love. And so, as I was kind of operating within this passage, I wanted to spend even more time. Kind of diving into the Sanhedrin and this idea of of the different groups and the different people groups together and how that operated. And I touched on it a decent amount, but that is massive in in building out what happened in this passage. If you understand all the whole Old Testament history and and why this was such a massive thing and the San, and the Sadducees and where they came from and mm-hmm. and then even going deeper into their massive issues, you know with Jesus being claiming to be the Messiah. Because you look back at Psalm 118, this idea of the cornerstone, mm-hmm. which is which is prophesied, they would have connected with that and they would have understood that, but then that was a massive hiccup for them because this wasn't the Messiah they thought would be the cornerstone. Mm-hmm. And now Peter is is claiming and is accusing them of being pretty much the ultimate issue with everything. They're the fault with everything with Jesus. Yeah. And the history regarding that, I think I wanted to flesh out more, and, but I just didn't have the time. I wanted yeah. to go there more and flesh out that connection to Cornerstone, the Old Testament history, but it was just too much. So
0: Yeah. Well, and, and I think we can relate to that too, of, of having in your mind mm-hmm. certain things that are supposed to happen. Yeah. You know, like for the, for the Sanhedrin, they were like, no, Jesus isn't mm-hmm. the Messiah because it has to look like this. Yeah. Yeah. And they were rejecting all of the other mm-hmm. input and all the other yeah. facts to stick with that and then to have you know these miracles which they even said in the passage yeah. these miracles are happening like we can't deny it we can't it, yeah yeah but we we refuse to believe mm-hmm. and so i think we can understand like that that roadblock they were yeah. in cuz we've all been there you know of course, yeah. certain things that we just can't can't compute and mm-hmm. we need we need god's guidance and yeah. and wisdom to illuminate that mm-hmm. sometimes it's through our spouses yeah. or friends or whatever Weird, yeah but 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 not being able to connect that mm. that Jesus was the cornerstone, yeah. and then just that tension with them, mm. yeah. I, that that's a cool cool thought.
1: I wanted to go there more. I just didn't have the time, mm-hmm. and I I loved the ability to flesh out some of the Sanhedrin. But I was I was really wrestling because I felt like it was too much history already, and yeah. so I was wrestling with that of I can't go
0: too much, but I wanted to go more. So yeah, yeah I I enjoyed you talking about the when you talked about the. The the different people that were there and, you know, who was John? It might have been Jonathan or like that whole section you talked about. I was like, oh, that's really cool. So I enjoyed that. Good, good. Uh, all right, well, let's go to uh, submitted questions. Cool. Um, we are very thankful when this happens. Yes. And it's great when you guys chime in and, and let us know your your questions, because sometimes just hearing a sermon is not enough mm-hmm. for us to retain it. Like, we need to be able to interact with it yeah. and, and you know, re- wrestle with it a little mm-hmm. bit. And so if you have a question about this or yeah. anything else, really, um, you can text or email. Again, a lot of people don't know you can actually text it. You can, yeah. um, But if you type in your phone... OCC podcast at lewiston dot So either in the text bar yeah. or in an email, you can uh, let us know what your question is. You can yeah. submit it there, or you can just drop it in the Dropbox in the lobby. Um, but here, here's the first question. It was, "What commentary was Andrew referencing in his sermon?"
1: Yeah. Um, so the commentary, I I use several. I use Logos. I know you use mm-hmm. Logos as well. It's this amazing software that you can buy. Plug for Logos. If you hear me, sponsor me, please. No, just kidding. Um, But uh, <laughs> Me too. Yeah, please, sponsor me too. Please. it's It would be awesome. But uh, it's called the Tyndale New Testament Commentary. So it's something that I, I got from Logos. Um, and it's the main one that I referenced twice in there. It's yeah. a very... Really awesome commentary. It, it handles scripture well. It doesn't need to dive into every aspect of Greek and Hebrew, but yet it it gives you enough understanding what's going on. Yeah. I also use the New American commentary and the ESV commentary were a couple others that I use. And yeah. that's my typical ones. I'll I'll use what's from Logos, and I have a couple others on the side that I'll pull and, and use as yeah. well. So
0: yeah. And for for those of you who just don't have Logos or don't want to pay yeah. for it, there's a, a cool reference. If you go to Biblehub.com, that's again, a great reference. If you want to yeah. sponsor us. Please, you know, please, I would love that. Do. Yeah, um, but if you type in a passage or whatever, uh, if you scroll down, you'll yeah. see different commentaries um, that that can kind of give you a little bit of insight if you just don't want to mm-hmm. spend the money.
1: And I think a big thing in there too is if if you want to spend time in commentaries, if you have questions about that, I know you know Pastor James, myself, you, we would yeah. love to help you process through what is a wise use of a commentary, what are good ones, what are more liberal ones, what are more conservative ones. Like there's there's ways of handling that and knowing how to navigate the hundreds and thousands of commentaries out
0: there and how, yeah. to, how to handle those well. Yeah, so. for sure. Uh, all right, next question. It says, I want to be bold, but I'm afraid that if I do say I'm a Christian, I'm going to lose everything. How can I be bold when the cost is too high? When you showed me this
1: question kind of before we got over here, I, you and I talked about this a little bit, my heart kind of recognized that that tension here. You can almost hear... The hurt coming mm-hmm. from this. And and so I, I think immediately my response is, I'm so sorry. Mm-hmm. Like I'm sorry if that's where life has dropped you. Yeah. I'm sorry if that is the the environment that you find yourself in. Yeah. And I, I want to make sure that we are acknowledging that there is really no answer that can fully acknowledge the hurt yeah. or the pain of that, and I don't want to just drop immediately a theological answer on that and reference a piece of scripture because I also want to be able to say I am so sorry, yeah, and to there's be hurt and pain, and yeah, and if that's truly where you're at, come, let's let's process through that, let's grieve together, let's cry together, let's let's process through that together while understanding that that Jesus does speak to this, yeah, and He has you know some incredible words of of. of Grace and courage for us in those moments, yeah. but yet there's still hurt and pain in this. Yeah. And so, my mind was was immediately drawn to the rich young ruler, and mm-hmm. this idea of of Jesus challenging him to sell everything, and you know, and then, then Jesus goes even farther into you know it's easier for what is it the camel go through an eye of a needle than yeah. the rich man. And so, this idea that that truly Jesus calls us to give up everything for him. That, that there is this requ- there is this standard that, w- that is set for us that if we are going to follow him, if we are going to be of him, if we're gonna be identified with him, we talked a little about in the sermon, then we have to be willing to say everything else is less important, mm-hmm. he is most important. Yeah. And that doesn't answer the question of the hurt and pain, but yet it, it is the challenge of, it is a call upon our life. And are yeah. we willing to go there? Are we willing to truly say, you are worth everything. Yeah, You are worth anything that I come across. There is no standard. There's nothing I'm going to hit that's going to say is not worth you. Mm-hmm. But yet there's still the hurt and pain of that. And, yeah. I, and you kind of talked with me a little about this, of, of your background a little bit, and would mm-hmm. love to hear your thoughts and kind of speak into that a little bit more. But that's my immediate response to yeah. it.
0: Yeah. Yeah. In in Utah, there's a lot of people that deal with this a lot mm-hmm. uh, of they. They realize that you know the, the Mormon Church is mm-hmm. not what they thought it was, and it's yeah. not the true gospel that it proclaims to be. And so they're you know typically it's either like a, a dad or a mom yeah. or a kid yeah. that will come to Christ first. Yes. Yeah. And they're like, if I say anything, I'm going to lose my job, or mm-hmm. I'm going to lose my my I'm going to get kicked out of the house, yeah. um, or I'm I'm going to lose my girlfriend, or I'm going to mm-hmm. lose my friends. And there is this very real. Um, fear mm-hmm. and um, consequence mm-hmm. of if you do come out and say, I belong to Jesus, mm. not whatever organization, yeah. um, that they're going to lose everything. Mm. And so they come to to that church that I was in, mm-hmm. and they would go, what do you do? How, how do you address yeah. this? Agreed. And uh, that church was really good about about saying... You know, we exist to be family for those who have Mm -hmm. lost family, and I think that's really the church's response should be like we should welcome people because uh, you know I heard it saying you should treat everybody as if they're going through a crisis because most of the time they are. Yeah, and so um, if if we are acting as a church Mm -hmm. body to everyone, if we are loving everyone, if we are serving everyone, Mm -hmm. if we are. Dying to ourselves and putting Christ at the head mm-hmm. and then edifying and uplifting the body, then people who come in who are in that situation mm-hmm. are going to immediately find connection, okay. immediately find community. Mm-hmm. And that's going to supplement, not replace, but supplement like, yeah. um, that hurt that is, mm-hmm. you know, that is there and very yeah. real. Um but then there's there's also that, that theological answer of, like you said, there is a call. Mm-hmm. And you know, to say, well, I'm not going to say it because I'm afraid of losing this, mm. well, the call is from Christ to, like you said, follow me. Yeah. That, that's what Jesus says very simply, yeah. just follow me. Mm-hmm. And, you know, there's that passage of the guy's like, well, I need to bury my dad mm-hmm. or, you know, mm-hmm. I need it. And it's like, let the dead bury the dead. Yes. You come follow me. Yes, yes. And so there is that call mm-hmm. to stand firm in the faith mm-hmm. and to say, no, I'm going to follow Jesus because he is my treasure. Mm-hmm. He is what I am wanting. He is what I yeah. need. He is all-sufficient. Second Corinthians 12, 9-10, yeah. my grace is sufficient for you, for my power is made perfect in weakness. And then Paul says, for the sake of Christ, then I am content with weakness, insults, hardships, persecutions, calamities. Um, essentially, I am content with Christ mm-hmm. in the face of loss. In the face and so, of everything, yeah. In the face of losing everything, because I am gaining Christ. Mm-hmm. Even if I lose my family, which is yeah. heartbreaking as it is, even if I lose my job, even mm-hmm. if I'm Ostracized, I belong to Jesus. Amen. And again, that's it's it's great to say theologically. Mm-hmm. It's so difficult to live. And if if you're there, yeah, come talk to us. We yeah. want to be there for you. We want to shepherd you. We want to come alongside you and bear that burden with mm-hmm. you. But again, the call is still the same. The call right. is to to see. Well, the cost of Jesus mm-hmm. um, is never too high because the reward of Jesus is the greatest thing we can get.
1: Amen. My mind also went to the idea of, of Jesus clearly saying, you know, I'm the way, the truth, and the life. Mm-hmm. The idea that, that he fulfills everything. Like yeah. We find everything in him. Even going farther to you know the idea of uh, you know, all who are weary and broken, come to me, I will provide yeah. you rest. Yeah. And that, that verse specifically is talking about salvation and the beauty of that when we are broken salvation, when we are broken in our sin, He will provide everything we need. He yeah. will provide that rest, that comfort, that security mm-hmm. as a father loving his children, yeah. as a father protecting. And so He is going to provide you that comfort. Yeah. For those that are in the situation, He will step in. God will step into those situations and provide that comfort, that that care for you as you've lost everything. And yeah. so I think that's massive, yeah.
0: Yeah, and even thinking through, again, yeah. we're just piggybacking off of each yeah, other. Yeah, keep going. Um, but, you know, where it talks about, I think it's, again, in Matthew, which mm-hmm. is a good book, you should read it. Yeah, maybe. Yeah. But <laughs> <laughs> um, but what it's like, you know, God provides mm. for the, the lilies, mm. and it provides for the flowers and yep. the bugs and all those things, yep. how much more so does God love you that He won't mm. provide for you? Yeah. And so as... If you are struggling of going like, this cost might be too much, Mm. just trust that Mm. God is with you, that God is going to give you strength to to go through that and to follow Him. Like, God doesn't leave His believers deserted, yeah. um, and He is going to equip you and empower you to do what He's called mm. you to do. He's Amen. not abandoning you. But as you do that, as you step out in faith, trust that whatever comes your mm. way, God is with you and God is providing for you. It may not be what you want it to look like. You, you could potentially lose a lot, yeah. but you will gain so much um, in your relationship with God, and God will provide what you need Agreed. according to his will mm-hmm. um, and for your good and his glory. Um,
1: and I think as well, like if you're in that moment, if you are in that question, sitting there realizing, I'm gonna either follow Jesus or it the cost is too much mm-hmm. I think I want to I want to speak to that and say, like it's okay to sit in that moment. like don't mm-hmm. feel like, oh my goodness, I'm sitting here, like I should feel guilty, I should feel horrible. Yeah. like, Sit there, acknowledge the moment, acknowledge the question, realize that there is a call upon your life, and mm-hmm. that call is a massive call, but realize that this is a huge thought process, yeah. and, and you need
0: to evaluate it, and God will lead you through that evaluation. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, God will give you strength, and yeah. and ultimately we we think Scripture says that you would yeah. eventually turn to Christ and go, mm-hmm. okay, Christ, you are enough. Amen. But yeah, there is there is... You should not feel guilty for struggling with this because this is—it's hard. You know, like Agreed. we talked about earlier, it's hard to be bold. It's hard to yeah. share the gospel, um, especially when the risk is real. Yes. Um, but th- again, the reward is so much better um, when you follow him. Agreed. It's like that—that uh, that passage um, from, it was Peter again, that says, where else am I going to turn to? Like, where would I go? Yes. You know, when, when everybody's abandoning Jesus after mm. he does the whole vampire sermon of, yes. yeah. you know, drink my blood, eat my flesh. And people are like, I'm out. Peace. Yeah. <laughs> and, yeah. and Peter's like, or Jesus says, where are you guys going to leave me yeah. too? And Peter's like, where are we going to go? Yes. And so I think if you're wrestling with stuff and you're, you're like, I don't want to lose this, where's your hope? Mm-hmm. You know, if, if Jesus is who He says He is, if God is is real, if the Bible right. is real, all of those things, yeah. and you know Jesus is your Lord and Savior, yeah. where else are you going to turn for your hope? Agreed. You know, is it... And this is hard to say, mm. and, and I, I again, we want to say this with as much compassion as, as ever, mm. but if your hope is in your wife, or if your hope mm. is in your kids, or your hope is in your friendship, or your hope is in your job, then it's not in Christ. It's yeah. not in God. Yeah. So, so,
1: I think that's such a valid point of where is our hope truly, mm-hmm. and what are we placing as the supreme authority in our life? And I think yeah. that's such a true,
0: stu- true statement for sure. Yeah, um, man, we're rolling right along. This is a this is a long one, but that's okay. That's all good, good. Good topics. Let's, let's keep doing it. All right. Um, next question we have: um, as a student pastor, you potentially have some kids that are believers and their parents mm-hmm. aren't, or you know there might be people listening to this podcast um, who have bosses that aren't Christian. Yeah. So in light of your Romans 13 tie-in, how would you suggest that that we as believers define where the line of obeying God and not man is? Because yeah. that can be very dangerous. It could be a very dangerous line, very, very yeah. dangerous line. And
1: I kind of mentioned this briefly, but I think it really has to come down to a, to a very thin qualification. That qualification is it has to force us to literally pick between God and man. And I think that the statement specifically from the Sanhedrin of do not speak on this name. And I think what the big qualification there is that that there was some some big time consequences mm-hmm. physical or even you know life and death for for Peter and John if they violated that. Yeah. And so for them they had to pick because this was literally a a command from a supreme authority of the day that in many ways, could hold their life in their hands, and so they had to evaluate it as a supreme authority. They had to evaluate: Are we going to follow the supreme authority and protect our lives? You know, whether that it was time in jail or or, or dying, but they had to evaluate that, and they had to say, "Your supreme authority of the day yeah. is not as not as supreme as our obedience yeah. to God." And I think for us, we need to really realize that it has to come down to that qualification, that there has to be a forcing that is going to be big enough that it's going to be life-altering, life-changing, or that that it is going to force us to pick between God and man. And I kind of came up with a couple yeah. of ideas of like, you know, a, a boss or someone or, or parents saying like, renounce Jesus, stop speaking of him, or else, or else yeah. I'll kick you out of the house, yeah. or else, you know, you're... you're I'll fire you, or else this, or like, it's a big enough consequence, you know, or we can go all the way of like, you know, if you don't stop speaking of Jesus, if you don't renounce him, then you're gonna die. Mm -hmm. Like, there's a big enough point here that we have to realize that that is the qualifications. And I know, I think Christians at times want to expand those qualifications way out, Mm -hmm. and they want to make it, well, I just don't like what the government said or I don't like what it was said so I'm going to say no and push back immediately and yeah. I think we as Christians have the ability to say I don't agree but we haven't got to the point yet where it is a forcing that qualification that it is a ultimate forcing that we have to pick between God and man yeah and I think that's that's really the conver- that's that's the line in my opinion
0: yeah I think as american christians yes we have a hard time defining that line. Agreed. Because we we see liberty in Christ, mm-hmm. that then goes to or liberty in mm-hmm. you know my uh, government, mm-hmm. and then we go oh well because the government is impeding on my liberty mm-hmm. in or or isn't you know yeah. however somebody wants to yeah. view that they're going to go well then therefore it's against my God yeah and it's like no yeah, and uh, you know there there's a lot of things that I could talk about politically right now yes. but I think again the the thing is to go back to scripture and the the main passage that I kind of focused mm-hmm. on was the story of Shadrach, Meshach and Abednego. Agreed. Yeah. And when they were all captive mm-hmm. and they were, you know, captive by Babylon and there were a lot of rules that were implied on them or right. that were impressed on them, I should say. Mm-hmm. And they only pushed back on one. Mm-hmm you know like they were they were captives and they had to do certain things or dress a certain way or whatever they they, they followed it but mm-hmm. scripture only says that they pushed back on the food agreed. because they said I can't eat mm-hmm. what you want me to eat and still honor God agreed and so there was that fine line that line in the sand mm-hmm. that says you know what I I can I can I can honor God or I can worship yeah. God through what Babylon is telling me to do. Yeah. I can worship God and, and honor Him even though my life looks different mm-hmm. or it's uncomfortable or I'm a slave or yeah. whatever. Yeah. But to eat of that food is is something is a line that I can't cross because now I'm defiling who God has made me to be. So yeah. therefore that's the line I draw. Agreed. And and so like again what you're saying we as American Christians we struggle with that because yeah. we we kind of blur the line between liberty in Christ and liberty as and through our government. Mm-hmm. And so um like you were saying does it does it draw that line? Is it is it a either believe in Jesus or don't? Kind of yeah. like what they were saying yeah. with with Peter. Yeah. And um and and John to say no don't say that Jesus did it mm. don't don't say that don't profess the resurrection don't say anything yeah. like that deny Christ essentially yeah. and yeah. they were like no i can't honor god mm. i can't live as an apostle of Christ and profess this message Agreed. while denying that this message is true Agreed. and so it's it's hard for us mm. i think to see that because um, like you said yeah we we really want we love our freedoms as Americans, Agreed. which I'm 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 all for. Like, yeah. I'm proud to be an American, and all that Agreed. stuff. But our citizenship as heaven is mm-hmm. vastly more important than our citizenship in, in this country. Yeah. And I love that you went back to to Old Testament with
1: Shadrach Meshach, you know, and but I um I think even with another one would be Daniel. Thinking mm-hmm. of Daniel. Remember the time where the decree came down that if you, you cannot pray to any other God, right? Mm-hmm. And if you pray to any of God, you're going to end up in the lion's den. Except it, Nebuchadnezzar, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And the immediate... What was his immediate response? Go, open the windows, right, to where everyone could see, and he started praying. Yeah. And what did that end up end up being? Lion's den. And God, God provided, God stepped in. But I think that's a moment right there that it was a literal... Had to be a question of: Am I going to obey the supreme authority in the land? Mm-hmm. Am I
0: going to obey God? Yeah, but it was done with so much grace. Amen. Like, yeah, I don't think Daniel was, you know, like showing his finger to <laughs> yes, you know, yeah. to the to the you know Nebuchadnezzar or whoever. No. Uh, I don't think Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego were were mean about it, and I don't think Peter and John were mean about drawing that line. There yeah. were there was First uh, you know, Peter three yeah. that says you know. Provide a reason Mm -hmm. for why you believe for the hope that is within you, but do so with grace and love and truth. And so I think they handled it with grace and truth. Mm. Like Daniel was not a jerk about his faith, neither were the other people. And I think that's important too. You're absolutely right, but we need to do it with grace and love. And if we are going to push back and say, no, this is a line I can't draw, we need to handle that as Christians. We need to handle that as ambassadors of Mm -hmm. of the gospel, because if we... Are bold for Christ, um, but like in First Corinthians thirteen, if I am bold and if I if I sing, and and I say all this, but I do not have love, then I am a resounding gong. Yeah. And so if if there is that line, and you can't be loving about it, maybe that's something in you. Maybe there's mm-hmm. a pride issue. Maybe there's something there, uh, and maybe you're just being stubborn. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. really wrestle with that, um, and and think, okay, is are they telling me to deny God?
1: Like, are so
0: they so is, so. is is you know, and again, I, I don't want to get political because yeah. I know this is really hard, but even with this whole COVID thing, yes, um, you know, it, it, the government was saying, wear a mask. I mean, we're kind of out of it now, so yeah. I think we yeah. can talk about yeah. it safely. Um, but the government was saying, well, we need to wear a mask. And, you know, there are churches going left and yeah. right. And one of the responses I heard from from my former senior pastor was, we can love people with a mask on. Amen. Like, Absolutely. We can pray for people with a mask on. And yeah, it's uncomfortable. Yeah, we don't like it. Yeah, we think it's dumb. We can worship God with a mask on. Like, yeah. yeah. There there is no there's no reason that 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 we can't be good Christians ambassadors mm. of Christ with a mask on. Amen. As uncomfortable as it is, um as as dumb as you think all the sciences or whatever. Yes. Behind it, the issue is, can you worship God mm. fully as, you know, in all of His glory and splendor, can you mm. give God the worship that He deserves rightly, Yes. or can't you? Yes. And, that's a, yeah, it's hard line, at least for me as, as, as yeah, an American absolutely. Christian, and I have to go back to Scripture. Yeah. I
1: think a big part of that, too, is, I mean, you, draw, you provided this idea of, can you do it in love? Can you do it mm-hmm. in truth? Can you do it in grace? I think so often we as believers struggle with being able to draw that line and not just blowing up everyone around us and just looking like this complete and absolute jerk of a Christian, and yeah. now we've dragged the name of Christ through the mud. While we were trying to be faithful and drawing the line in the sand, but now we've really actually just ruined our complete witness and dragged yeah. His name through the mud. And so I think that's such a key part of it is, and I love looking back, like, those different people we mentioned, Daniel, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, like, they did that, and they did it quietly, they mm-hmm. did it without drawing attention, they did it because they had to They had to honor God, and it wasn't about blowing up everyone around them.
0: Yeah. And even with what they said yes. to Nebuchadnezzar, they said, even, you know, we, we believe our God can yes. save us, mm. but even if He doesn't save us. So again, going back to that question yeah. of what if we lose everything? Agreed. You know, they were like, even if we lose everything, we know our God is still God and we're going to choose to follow Him. Amen. Yeah. Amen. That's such a good point. Yeah. Uh, all right. I think we've gone long enough. Let's let's yes. go to the last part. Uh, looking ahead, um, as we end this episode, we always want to talk about the, the coming up week and we are um, coming into Passion Week, so yeah. there's you know we got a. Uh, um, well, my mind was just going blank. What is <laughs> Palm Sunday? There it is. There it is. I was like, uh, could not remember. We're, okay. we're leading into Passion Week. Passion Week will start in yeah. you know, here in a little bit. Yes, Palm, yep. Palm Sunday, and it's this new series called Life. Mm-hmm. Um, so, any anything you want to talk about with that?
1: Yeah, so I I briefly talked to James, Pastor James, and kind of saw where he's going to go. It's going to be a two-week series on Easter with, in between that, a connection uh, message uh, for Good Friday. And so this whole three-week, three-sermon series, effectively, um, on life and looking at... um, First one will be changed life, that'll be Palm Sunday. Um, You know, the idea of life is always changing, but God remains, and Mm -hmm. that big part of it. And I know James is still, you know, kind of seeking God on, on what passage to go to. Mm-hmm. Um, and so he's, he, you know, God is, is kind of guiding him in that for sure. Um, and then Good Friday will be um, resurrected life. Yeah, and, and you're preaching that I one. I have the, the blessing again yeah. of doing that, and that, I'm excited about that. We're gonna look at Romans 6, 1 through 11, and really looking at that idea of, of are we willing to die with him, but also then be raised with Christ? Because mm-hmm. that new life found in him that we have to identify both with the death and the resurrection of Christ, yeah. and we have to, yeah, and so that's going to kind of where we go. Third part of it will be Easter, and that's going to be the abundant life. And I know mm-hmm. um, James is still um, seeking God
0: on where he'll he'll draw passage wise as
1: well for that. So it's going to be it's going to be an incredible series. And yeah. I'm really looking forward to it.
0: Yeah, and typically James does a Palm Sunday message where it's like this is the message for the church. Yes, mm-hmm. um, and so this is this is for. Mm-hmm. Or Chardians, as I like to call them. Um, that's or a I like word. To call them. Yeah. yeah, yeah, that's a word. <laughs> that that mm-hmm. is a word. Yeah, <laughs> um, and then Easter is is more of the. Um, this is the bring your friend to church mm-hmm. kind of message. Yes, um, and the chair so, one, the very chair one. Yeah, yeah. Let, let's it's introduce the gospel and mm-hmm. stuff like that. So um, this this Palm Sunday is for us as the church, and yes. then Easter or Good Friday is also for us in the church, and then Easter is is that that hey, bring somebody to the church who yes. needs to hear the gospel yeah. um, to open up that door of, of that conversation to be bold.
1: If you want to bring any bring someone to any of these three. Um you know, times that we meet together, please do so. But I, I think that's such a valid point. Easter is really directed more yeah. at everyone who could who be coming in, for sure. Yeah. So.
0: What, do you, what do you think we can, as a church body, be doing to prepare for this this one-week sermon series, even though it covers two Sundays yeah. um, and a Friday, but this one-week sermon series, what can we be doing to, to prepare? I think reminding ourselves truly what Easter is about.
1: And and reminding ourselves what happened and use the 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 phrase Passion Week, mm-hmm. what happened leading into this this incredible week that is filled with life and death and joy and sorrow and and all kind of in between that. But where are we in the midst of that? And how God opened my heart and mind to be willing to see what what happened and what you did for me and how do I respond? Yeah, and I think that's a big part of it.
0: Yeah, so. I just to piggyback off of you, I think. For me, as somebody who's been to several you know, um, mm-hmm. Easter sermons and things like that, we can easily just kind of check out mm-hmm. and go, oh, I know the story. Yeah, yeah, Jesus is alive. I get it. Yeah. And we can kind of just kind of check out a little bit and okay. kind of go through the motions. And I think a good thing to also, again, piggyback off of you is to really wrestle mm-hmm. and really go, okay, God, show me something new. Yeah. I, I want to to see this with fresh eyes. Okay. Now knowing what I know, but I don't know everything about you. Yes. Because we're gonna spend an eternity uh, an eternity there it is. Uh, <laughs> learning about who God is and worshiping him. And so that means that we're not here yet or we're not there yet. Like mm. there's still so much we can know about Amen. God, even in stories that we do know. Mm. Good so if you need to reread it, if you need to Go in prayer again, asking God show reveal in me that Psalm one thirty nine one twenty nine something 129, I think So yeah, I think. Yeah, 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 yeah. There's a nine at the end. There's a one and a nine. Tw- yeah, there we go. But somewhere cer- within search, the book, yeah. Search <laughs> me, O oh God, yes. and and find in me like to pray that prayer for yourself. Hey, yes. let, God, I want to know you better, mm. and I don't want to just come to church and go through the motions. I want yeah. to know you better, so.
1: And we were talking about originally, as I was trying to process that Good Friday, of of sitting in that tension. And I think like challenging the church, spend time as you're preparing for this, the Passion Week, and what's going to happen during this week, acknowledging the tension of the death of Christ. Yeah. And acknowledge that tension, allow yourself to sit there, but also knowing the end of the story and knowing the life that comes to. And so be praying about that. Open your heart and mind to
0: that. Allow God to move in that as you prepare. Yeah. Dude, this was fun. This was yeah, a this blast. This is our first time doing this. It like is. Like between you and I. I don't, I don't think I've interviewed you or you've interviewed me. No, I, think I it's, haven't. Yeah. I haven't had a chance yet. So, so it's a blast. Yeah. This Good has times. Been cool. Uh, that is all the time we have this week for Midpoint. Hope you enjoyed it. Uh, if you'd like to send in questions again or thoughts to the show, email or text OCC Podcast at lewistonocc.org. Be sure to join us in service Sunday at 9 and 10.30 a.m., as well as Monday night at 7 p.m. There's a good Friday service coming up, so make sure you check out our bulletin, our announcements, website, all that thing should be there. Easter but-
1: Egg Hunt is in there as well on Saturday.
0: Come come join us Saturday, April 8th. We'd love yep. to have you as well. Be great. Uh, Hope to all see you, hope to all, hope to see you all very soon. I am so tongue-tied today. That's all right. Be well and know that you are so loved by God in Orchard's Community Church. Have a good one. Thank you.